Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today we have a unique show. Um, the tables are being turned on me. I've done this a couple times before, but one of my good buddies, Jordy Clark, uh, he's become a great friend. I met him through GoBundance. Him and his wife, Courtney, are also in our couples mastermind. And we've just really, really enjoyed getting to know them and just watching them flourish and and just develop their passion. Um, Courtney has an amazing business on her own. They have two amazing children, one more on the way. And Jordy is just all around a financial, real estate, investing badass. Um, he has recently launched a brand new podcast called The Financially Free Investor. And so he had me on his show this last week. And you know, if, if you've already listened to, to his show, we're going to cover some of the same stuff here. So um, you can just skip past it, move on to next week. But I wanted to share um, his episode interviewing me on this show because number one, I think you'll get some insight that maybe you've never heard from me before, but also just to kind of cross promote his show and and let you just hear what a great person he is too. And I think his show is going to do really well. So um, if you're not following the Financially Free Investor, head on over there, subscribe to his show, give him a like. Um, Jordy's just really, really a sharp guy. He owns a, a real estate team in... Um, Salt Lake City area. And he also has a bunch of rentals. Uh, he's done a ton of flips, I think over 50 flips in the last couple of years, and then started, you know, doing a bunch of buy and hold. He has some apartment buildings with some investors. So there's just a ton to learn from Jordy. And like I said, he's become a great friend and and Courtney. They're just awesome humans. And so I really wanted to just share this episode here. And hopefully you uh, learned something along the way and maybe learned something new about me that you didn't know. So anyway, let's get into it. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Why don't you tell the folks listening, how did you get started on your journey to financial freedom? You know, really, and I, I talk about this a lot and you were just alluding to it too, but you know, one of the things that, and I obviously didn't come up with this when I was, you know, 16 or 18 years old. I, I talk about this often, but what do you really want and why do you want it? And then we can go into the other parts later. But Karen, and I realized at an early age, and I'll just kind of, you know, just, I guess, get open. When, when I was growing up, my, my real dad was uh, abusive. He was an alcoholic. He was in and out of my life. He was a drug addict. And, you know, hap- he was gone more than he was present, actually. And when I say abusive, too, he wasn't physically abusive to me. But I don't, I, you know, obviously, he wasn't the greatest father in the world. He was, you know, abusive to my mom. And so that's kind of the home that I grew up in and really didn't have anything. I didn't have any level of stability. And I met my beautiful bride when I was in high school. And, um, you know, from the time from the time we met, like we kind of gelled and clicked. And Jordy, I don't think we've probably ever talked about this, but Karen and I would, in high school, we'd be on the phone till like one, two, three o'clock in the morning, just like dreaming about the future. We were always like kind of vision casters, just thinking bigger. I mean, literally when we were in high school, we were talking about being undercover FBI agents together when we were old. And thankful I didn't go down that route because um, I, I don't know how that would have ended. But, you know, we were always visionaries. We were always like just thinking about what we wanted life to look like. And you kind of put that together um, when we when we finally started talking about getting married and ended up getting married. One of the things that we always talked about, and I alluded to this, was making memories over possession. I did not 
So first off, we got married in May and the following May, our first son showed up. So I was 20. She was 19 when we got married. I was 21 when our son was born. And so right off the gate, you know, we're, we're having kids, we're, you know, we're working and everything else. And we had this conversation, like we, we wanted to make sure that we were present. And a lot of times, at least back then, I mean, a lot of times the father is gone. My dad was gone and I didn't want to be that dad. And, um, you know, through a series of events, I ended up getting to the point where I was working my tail off, but Karen and I had really, we, we really emphasized wanting to make sure that we were both present growing up. And so that's really what started my, I, I wouldn't have called it investing for freedom at that point in time, because I didn't really understand what I was looking for. I just knew that I wanted to make sure that if my kids needed me, I, you know, I didn't miss dads with donuts or, you know, I, I didn't have to miss a recital or whatever, because my boss told me I couldn't take off work. That's really where my, my freedom journey began was just wanting to make sure that I was present for my family. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So walk us through, you've got a one-year-old or a, a brand newborn baby. You want time with him. You want time with Kara. I know you worked a ton. Uh, you were a plumber by trade. Was there a book or, or how did you kind of figure out the concept? Like you can buy your time back with, I know you did it specifically through real estate, right? So maybe walk us through a little bit on that. I guess just to back up a little bit before I address the books and, and what kind of changed my thinking around that, I found myself, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. So I was working as a plumber. Like you said, I was working out of town. I was running a, a three and a half million dollar casino expansion. I was running a crew of 15 to 20 employees. And literally I'm like working a hundred hours a week. And so Kara's now, you know, we've got our oldest son, Dylan, our middle son, Tim had been born. So I'm fast forwarding a little bit. I was 23 years old at this point in time. Tim was born. We literally had our kids like 18 to 24 months apart. They were like, bam, bam, bam. Tim was born. He was a little guy. And then my wife was pregnant with Caden, our, our third child. So I'm working out of town. I'm literally working over 100 hours a week. I was running this job. We'd work all day long. And when you're working in like casinos and, and high-end companies like that, it's not, they don't, they don't care how much overtime you're working. It's get the job done because every day that they're not open, they're losing a bunch of gambling money. So we were working around the clock. I would literally work with my crew. Then I'd go to the um, the hotel room at night. I'd do change orders, paperwork. There was literally weeks that I worked 110 hours a week. I like the math was insane. I'd go home on a Sunday night, and again, got to remember I'm out of town. Kara's, you know, I'm missing the kids, and she's pregnant. I'd go out. I'd go home, and on a Sunday night, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, have a cold dinner, wash my clothes, and go back Monday morning. Do the same thing all over again at three o'clock Monday morning. I'm like, this is not what we signed up for. And, and this is what I was thinking at this point in time. So I want to give the listeners a little bit of grace if you're in your freedom journey, because a lot of times when you're listening, you know, to me and Jordy, we're looking backwards. And so we, it's easy to connect the dots backwards. Sometimes it's hard connecting the dots forward. I wasn't necessarily connecting the dots then. This is what I told myself. If I'm going to work 100 hours a week, I might as well be doing it for myself. So in my mind, what I was thinking is, I might as well go start my own business. And that's what I was thinking entrepreneurship was at that point in time. I might as well go work 100 hours a week for myself. So I quit, left with the partner. We pulled $75,000 of 401k out, which by the way, we got hit with taxes later that year, but we're like, we'll just make enough money by the end of the year to cover the taxes. And so we literally started a plumbing and HVAC company at the age of 24 so that I could you know, buy my freedom, which wasn't really what I was thinking about at that point in time. And Man, from there, it was just a crazy journey. I know I haven't hit the real estate stuff yet, but I didn't start investing in real estate till a year or two later. And in my mind, real estate was kind of like a passive investing thing. 
And I was making the majority of my money in that business. But you, you did the best you could at that point in time, given the knowledge you had, and you were moving forward. And, you know, to your point where a lot of listeners maybe haven't bought real estate yet, or, you know, they're on their, on their path, wherever they're at. I, I think that's very true. Like a lot of the times we compare our chapter two to someone else's chapter 22. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the important thing is just progressing and moving forward. And what money does is it just gives us options, yeah. right? That's all buying real estate or growing your business or doing whatever else you're doing does is it just gives us options in the future. Well, and there's such a compound effect to all of it. And that's what I love about, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much your listeners know about you yet, but I, I, I know quite a bit of, of it behind the scenes. And I just love what you're building because the reality is none of this is a get rich quick overnight thing, but the more we can start stacking, again, multiple streams of income. And I was just on a call recently, you were talking about what book changed your life. I was on a call earlier today and, and somebody was asking me a question and the thing that I found myself saying a lot lately is, you know, everybody quotes Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I love that book. Um, there's multiple books that have changed my life. The Richest Man in Babylon, you kind of asked, you know, what got me thinking. The thing that nobody talks about is Robert Kiyosaki's book called Before You Quit Your Job. Like literally nobody talks about that book, right? Because everything's about, you know, quitting your job and how do I buy a bunch of real estate so I can, you know, find my freedom and everything else. And, and that's all good and true. But the reality is it, a lot of times it's not just that, it's not linear, right? Um, just like with me, it was, I needed my freedom, but I wasn't thinking about quitting my job so that I could get my freedom. I was just looking to own my time. And if it meant owning my own business to control what I wanted, even though I wasn't scared to work, you know, 70, 80, even 100 hours, if that's what it took, owning my own business, nobody could tell me that I couldn't leave at three o'clock in the afternoon to go see my kid. So it wasn't that I wanted to spend time on the beach or anything else. I just wanted to be able to control my destiny, control my future and not be told what to do, which is the entrepreneur's dilemma. But then when we flip this over into real estate, it's the same thing at the end of the day. What I'm saying with all of this though, is that, um, and this is what I love about, you know, again, what you're building, the more we can, and it might be just back to Robert Kiyosaki's book, before you quit your job, it might be not quitting your job yet. And you know, working with Jordy or coaching or, you know, whatever it is, whoever, whoever you're working with and starting to build those multiple streams of it, streams of income. I think that's the important part. And when we look backwards, I talk to so many people on a daily basis that are, you know, thinking right now, when they think about connecting the dots forward, all they're thinking about is quitting their job or buying a hundred properties or whatever. It's really quite simple. What level of income do you need? And, and, and what do you have to do in order to get there? It's a super simple equation and it's really just life by design. And that's what I love about talking with you is you know, we're always just talking. It's never really a monetary figure. I don't even know how much money you make. We hardly ever talk about it. You don't know how much money I make because it's really not about how much money we make. It's about what's the lifestyle we want and, and what's going to be required to get us there. Just you saying that to add on top and then we'll, we'll hop to the next question. But I have a mentor who, when I started buying real estate, he said, hey, you know, if you want to have three or four, you know, lines of income making you 100000 a piece, uh, annually, the, you got to get to the first one at a hundred thousand first, right? And for most people, that's their job. Like if you're not making that annually as a job, then, you know, how are you going to expect to go and flip homes and make a hundred grand a year doing that while also doing your job? Like you got to master the one before you move to the next. But so many people are so dissatisfied with where they're at that they think that through. They just go, well, well, you know, I need to do these eight things all at the same time. And then, yeah, I personally did this. So 
just totally speaking from my experience, you know, we got frustrated when we had way too much going on and we weren't focused on one thing. Well, Mike, what's the one thing you'd tell someone who's working towards financial freedom? And I'll just throw this out there. This is something I talk about all the time and it's a simple conversation, but what do you really want? Why do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Measure results, adjust. The thing that I would tell them, and that first, that first question is a values question. What do you really want? Before you're working toward financial freedom, financial freedom is this thing that is obscure. So I can't tell you how many people I talk to that are already, they already have the potential to be financially free based on the things that they want in life, but they're believing a different version or a different reality. And we have to be really careful with this. And Kiyosaki actually helped me, you know, reframe this. I've, I've listened to Kiyosaki a lot. I've been with him, you know, quite a few times. And when you think through this, what I'm really saying here is I was having a conversation. I'll give you an example. I was having a conversation with a lady a while back and she was, um, I, she was from the town that I came from and, and she's asking me this question. She's like, Hey, can we get on a call? I've been following you for a while. And, and I really just want to be able to exit my husband from his job. He's miserable. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we get on a call. And um, as I'm talking to her, I'm like, okay, what do you guys really want? She's like, well, I'd really just love to live in a different state. I won't say what it is. Um, I don't want people putting the pieces together. But she's like, I really, we just want to live in this other state. And I'm like, okay, well, what would that take? And she said, well, in order to replace my husband's income, because I don't know what he would do there, um, I think he made $85,000 a year. And I'm like, okay, great. So could he not make $85,000 a year there? And she's like, well, no, because he does this certain thing that isn't, he wouldn't make as much money if he moved there. I'm like, okay, fine. So as we start talking through it, I'm like, what do you guys, like, do you have investments? Like how much money do you make? And she's like, I make, and I don't remember exactly what the number was. She makes like $50,000 a year. And then as we started talking about it, they have two rental properties. They each combined, like together, they had like $700,000 of equity in their rental properties. And by the way, this is like two years ago. So who knows what these are worth today. And in their personal residence, which is their third home, their first, but then they own two investment properties, they had like another, I don't know, $400,000 in equity or something. So these guys are basically millionaires on paper, millionaires with equity. And she's just trying to figure out because we've been sold this bill of goods about, you know, go to school, go to college, get a good job, work till you're 65 years old. And then we can retire when we're fat and can't move. And who knows what the world's even going to look like then? What a horrible, horrible life. And so I reframed it for her and I said, well, what if you guys sold those? Or what if you pulled the equity? Like, could you not, could you not even just pull enough to maybe, you know, have a year to live on? What's your expenses? And their expenses were less than like 70,000. Like, what if you just pulled enough equity out of one of them to live for a year and a half for two years until you move to your dream location and your husband found a job? It's like, oh, I never thought about that. So to answer your question, what, what would I, what's the one thing that, <laughs> it's not just one thing, but what's the one thing I would tell somebody on their journey to financial freedom? Just make sure you're really clear on what it is you actually want because all they wanted was to him to go get another job and to move to this other town. And guess what? I pointed out how they really had the means to be able to do it right in front of them. And guess where they're still living? Same place. So when you're on your journey to financial freedom, Make sure that you know why it is that you want what you want and what you're really working toward because obviously what she said they actually wanted either wasn't compelling enough or they weren't experienced enough or they had too much fear around it to actually get it done. There's so many people that probably have the ability to live their life of freedom earlier than they think they do. They just don't know it yet because we're thinking this, this game, you know, 60 years down the road or whatever the number is. And 
I, I think it's much simpler. Like, what do you want your life to look like today? And what's it going to require to get there? And if you guys are listening to that, rewind that last couple of minutes and re-listen to that because that couldn't be more spot on that just our system is completely broken. Well, how about it's it's not broken. It's designed to create factory workers, right? That's why the education system originally got its start. And, you know, you're, you're told you got to sit there, you got to get good grades so that you can, you know, go from middle school to high school, and then you got to get good grades there so you can go to a good college and you have to get a degree. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful. How many times have we all heard that? Mm-hmm. And dude, it, it just, it's all the things that we were told that, yeah, maybe it worked 60 years ago when my grandparents were getting out of high school. However, does that still work today? And then to your point, like just reframing, you know, looking at what you have and, and that could be, you know, assets, that could be a job, that could be anything. And then just going, okay, well, you know, where do we really want to go? And, and, and it's little tweaks I've found in my life that you make those little tweaks and pivots and all of a sudden you're steering your ship called life towards where you want to go. And uh, it really happens a lot quicker than you think where a lot of the times, you know, you were saying like this 60 year plan that we all have really, you know, financial freedom, if someone actually goes after it and doesn't get too aggressive, they they can have it in five to 10 years mm-hmm. with not that much lifestyle change. Um, with a little bit of knowledge and a lot of action, it, it can happen, right? I definitely, that's the, you know, the thing that we, Karen and I started our business in 2004 and sold it in 2014. And at that point in time, we had five mobile home parks, 45 single families and three commercial buildings. And I was retired at the age of 34 just by, I'm nothing special. And this is, I, I, I'm the dumb kid in the corner that literally just, I didn't know any better. When I started my HVAC company, I hired the best coaches, I hired the best mentors, and I just did exactly what they told me to do because I didn't know any better. Same thing with real estate. And again, that's why I'm so excited about you launching this podcast and, and you know just mentoring the world because if people will just listen and just do what's tried and true, it's nothing spectacular. It's nothing special. You know what's really hard for me? To go take a test and and to like, you know, qualify and, and have to, you know, have somebody tell me that I get approved for a job or just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. I'll go execute. So to your point on it being simple, it really is simple. It's doing, it's doing these little things over and over and over. And in your, your point was somebody can achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less. Absolutely. And by the way, it could probably be 10 X the number you're really thinking about if you just put your head down and just keep doing the right thing. And it doesn't mean you have to quit your W2 job. And it doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, go out and buy a hundred thousand properties or, you know, syndicate or do any of these crazy things. It's just doing the the same right things over and over and over and making sure that they align with what you really want. Oh, totally. Well, the interesting thing is, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, you know, cheating off of somebody else's test, you know, like that, that's failing and, and they drill that into you. No, you can't cheat off of that test. You can't look over at your neighbor and see what they put down as an answer and then just copy that, right? Yet in business, everyone I know in, in GoBundance that we're both a part of and everyone that's super successful hires a coach, hires someone that's been there, done that, hires a mentor. You know, they get in a in one of these programs that, you know, someone has gone from zero to 25 rental properties or whatever that may be. And, and they work through a framework of, hey, this is how I did it. Go and duplicate it, right? So here we are in the real world and what was taught to us in elementary, middle, high school, college doesn't apply here. Right. 
right? No, no one taught you, hey, if you want to go build an HVAC business, go hire a coach. I've been on two calls today, Jordy, where literally today, where two different people on two different calls said to me, why would somebody want to help me? And I'm like, it, this is the mindset that, you, that you're talking about in school. Like we, we can't, if you, if you have somebody help you, you're cheating or like we're trying to pull each other down. That, like, that's the wrong mindset. When we're talking about like GoBundance and some of my greatest mentors in life are free mentors that I've never paid a penny to. And they're just more than happy to answer my phone call and help me. And, and it's crazy that two times today I've been asked, what, like, why would, why would somebody want to help me for free? If somebody doesn't want to help you for free, then they're probably not in an abundance mindset. They're probably in a, mi- a poverty mindset. And, and they're ingrained. And it's not our fault because to your point, we're taught this. You know, it's, it's us for and no more. Like, don't share your secrets. Like, it's all proprietary. In the GoBundance world, I don't care if it's mobile home parks. I don't care if it's HVAC. I love going to industry events because the best of the best are always willing to sit down at a table and say, I just did this, 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 and this. And they're not looking for a penny for it. Now, I'm not against paid coaching either. I do paid coaching. You know, we, we do the couples mastermind. There's a lot of things that I think you should pay a mentor for or a consultant. I always have mentors and consultants. I, I have a coach at every... I've had a coach almost every single point in my life since 2004. So I'm not opposed to paying people either. But to your point, people that are successful want to share their truth. They, but I'm just surprised at how many people think that, you know, nobody's going to share their, their truth with them. So why do you think that is? Like, um, you know, I've got my reasons and I'm happy to share them, yet you're way more wise than I am. So why do you think successful people are so willing to give? Why? Why are the Mike Ayala's and the Jordy Clark's and the Maddie A's and the everyone who's doing a podcast that's not, we're not getting paid for this. Why, why does, was someone willing to help someone else for free? You're not getting paid for your podcast? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, it's the same thing of, uh, it's connecting the dots backwards, right? So when we look backwards, so if we're trying to look forward and nobody's helped us and we don't know how successful we are, it's really hard to connect the dots forward and realize that everything you need is on the other side of a human. And I'll say that forever. Like, I don't, it's not about money. It's not about lending. It's not about more land. It's not about more deals. Everything we need in life to be successful is on the other side of a relationship. And so connecting the dots backwards, the reason why Jordy's willing to share, the reason why Mike's willing to share, the reason why successful people are willing to share is because when they connect the dots backwards, they realize that the reason why they're successful is because it took so many people along the way that came into their life that helped make them successful. My first boss that I quit because I was a slave to him and I didn't have my freedom, he would always say this. Almost every meeting, um, he had an apprenticeship program that he started. I actually ended up becoming an instructor. He always would say, we owe it to the next generation to teach them. Make sure that throughout your day, you're taking the time to, to take your time to train these people and and teach them. And don't forget that, you know, the 20 years of knowledge and information that you've built is, it seems like second nature to us. It seems so simple. But the reality is, when you've heard the same thing, or you've dealt with, you know, you've done hundreds of deals, you forget how complicated and scary that first deal is. And so when we connect the dots backwards, we realize that there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that have helped us, whether they were paid or not paid, that have really made us who we are. You know, the old saying of standing on the shoulders of giants, that's the principle. And that's why when we connect the dots backwards, 
were willing to give back because we know that there was so many people. My number one mentor that has probably changed my life the most, he's never charged me a penny. Now, I've done a lot of deals with him. Um, you know, I borrowed a lot of private money from him. So he's made plenty of money off of me. I think he was on my podcast, like episode 80 or 90 or something. He's like this 84-year-old guy. But he's never charged me a penny for my wisdom. I would just go ask him, like when I first started borrowing from him, I'm like, hey, can you look at this deal for me? And he would look at it and then he'd be like, you want me to loan you the money? Okay, yeah, great. This is a perfect, it's a transaction, but also, and again, to just directly answer your question, if we've gotten this far and we're successful in life, it was probably because so many people helped us and now it's our job to give back. We, we, we have a duty to continue to share what somebody else has shared us. I love the scripture in Ecclesiastes that says there's nothing new under the sun. And that, what that really just literally means is that like, we didn't come up with anything when you're talking about ripping things off and sharing information and all of that. We, we want you to, because it's, I mean, I didn't come up with anything new. There's very few new things that are ever said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, you know, I think the more we help and, and you've said this before, I know that, um, it's impacted Courtney, my wife personally a ton the Zig Ziglar quote, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want, right? And I probably butchered it. Yeah, I think, you know, just I'm a Christian and a believer. And, you know, if if not, then, you know, just replace God with the universe, right? But I think God de designed this whole experience for us to figure out that, like, we all succeed or fail together, right? And even if you just look at our society, like, when we're divisive and uh, you know, it's one side versus the other. And like, you know, you, you, there's, there's no harmony, then there's no collaboration. And if there's no collaboration, then, you know, we're not growing and getting better together yet when there is, and you know, you and I and other people can, can help uh, people who are just starting the journey or, you know, how other people have helped us like that ends up somehow. I have no idea how it's designed again, but like it comes back and, and it, it, it benefits everybody. Even if it's just like, man, I'm reminiscing, you know, doing my first deal and thinking about that as I'm helping this, you know, new person get started or, you know, it's, it's just very interesting how a lot of the times people just equate, you know, something to, well, if they're not getting paid for it, why would they do it? Well, money, as soon as you have some money, you realize that money isn't really important. Mm. Right. Sure. It facilitates everything. You can buy stuff. You can having more money. Sure. But at a certain point, and I think it, um, I can't remember the study, but I think it's like $75,000 a year. Like yeah. people are no happier uh, above that. Like incrementally, they just, it doesn't do as much. Right. And so for, for people who maybe have found some success, like definitely to Mike's point, go find a mentor, go find somebody that can help you keep listening to these podcasts because you know, it, everyone got to where they are from the help of somebody else. And if they don't admit it, they're just lying because like no one succeeds alone. Yeah. I love it so much. And I love what you're talking about too. I'm, I'm a believer and you know, that there's, I don't care what your position is. I've said this for years. Like I do believe it doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter if you don't have any faith. I don't care if you're agnostic, atheist or whatever. You can't deny that there isn't values and principles that exist in the world. And I just, I, I come back to the simple version of this. It's like, if you treat me well, I'm going to treat you well. So I just, I think it really comes back to that. I'm just thinking like, there's the Zig Ziglar quote, you can have everything you want in life. You just help enough other people get what they want. 
Well, Jesus said in the Bible, with the same measure you give, it'll be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It's the same statement. It's the same principle. I don't care how you say it. I don't care who says it. It's a principle that exists. And if you believe in foundational principles, just line into those. And I think that's really the key at the end of the day is like, and money's just an energy too. Like when you were, you know, talking through that money's purely an energy and money is relatively new in the big scheme of things. Like the way we think about money today, I was thinking, as you were saying that if, if we were back in the day, like little house on the prairie was thinking back to then, like most of us were business owners, like so much has changed. This whole employee concept is so different than what existed back then. But I'm thinking little house on the prairie, if I'm walking down the road or, or I'm, you know, taking my grain to the market and, and your cow is stuck in the ditch. Like, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to stop and help you get your cow out because I get my milk from you. And even though I got to deliver, but you know, people would say, well, are you just doing that? Because you know that if you don't help get the cow out, you're not going to have milk. Who cares? That's not really the, the monetary exchange is never part of the conversation. It shouldn't be part of the conversation. If I see value in something you're transacting or I need or want, you're just providing value and money just happens to be the thing that we decide we're going to trade this for that. Yeah. Man, that, that reminds me of something. I think Kara said it. I think it was at our, our mastermind in Austin with you guys. She said, you know, when people chase money, money runs from that person. Mm-hmm. Yet when somebody isn't chasing money and, and, they're just open to receiving it. It flows to them, right? And and I always think of um, in Chile, they have a they have a saying. It doesn't translate to English and make sense, but basically, it's like you hold out your hand. Um, money can freely go in and out of it, right? But if you ball your hand up like a fist with your three dollars that you have in it, sure, you hold on to your three dollars and it doesn't leave you, like a monkey grabs a banana. But you you can't fit any more money in a closed hand, right? If if you're clenching onto what you have so tightly that you're not open to receiving more, the universe is not going to deliver you more, right? Same thing with a monkey. If they're holding one banana so tight, they're not going to get a whole bushel of bananas because you know their their hands aren't open. And you know I, I think it's totally just the way the universe and you know God set everything up that you know the giver receives more. Yeah. I, I love that you're saying that. And I've, Karen and I have actually been talking about this recently. And if you think about the reason why behind that, we could do a lot of analogies around it. But if you think about the, the lottery conversation, why, why do so many people that win the lottery lose the money? And you were talking earlier about like you could really get, you could make a lot of money and become you know, pretty successful and very financially free in 10 years. But what we were talking about then is just coming back to, you know, it's really just, it's knowledge and it's education and it's surrounding yourself with the right people. It's it's the question of, and I, this is why I love talking with Kara all the time, like, who do I have to become? And so the, the thing that you're really talking about, about, you know, holding on to the money or not, it's a container. This is why, this is why we can't become, we can't, we can't just go straight from, you know, making a hundred thousand a year to being worth a hundred million. We'll lose it. We don't have the knowledge, the capacity, the emotional intelligence, the fortitude. So really for your listeners, you can you can become as wealthy as you want, as fast as you want, if you keep your hand open and you become a conduit. Because again, money is just energy. But the reality is like, I love this conversation because it isn't about the money. It's about who you have to become in order to bring more money in or attract it. And in order to keep that money flowing. I've thought about this for years and I know you live in Utah. 
when I was little, we'd go fishing at the Uinta lakes, right? And they're these beautiful, just like mountain lakes. And it doesn't matter where you live if you know what a mountain lake looks like. They're just beautiful. They're clear. Why? Because they have fresh water coming in and they have fresh water going out. But I'm also a hunter. And how many times have you walked up on a watering hole that hasn't had fresh water come in for weeks and there's not water going out? Would you drink that? No way. And I just look at money as the same thing. It's an energy. If you keep that money flowing out, and it doesn't, it isn't just about money. It's adding value. It's mentoring. It's all the things that we're, money is just the exchange. It's the energy portion of it. But if you keep things flowing out, it'll keep coming in. You just got to become a bigger version of yourself, become a bigger container. Man, that's so true. And just thinking about like my real estate career, right? There were times where if, if I wasn't picking up the phone and, you know, I was being lazy and just not being, even just calling people I know and just talking to them right? Like just the simple act of picking up the phone and just making some phone calls and talking to people and just getting energy, like deals would end up coming. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I can't explain it. It's the weirdest thing, but just like having these conversations, you know, getting ready to launch the podcast and everything, and you're going to drop on day one. Um, and we've kind of got the the next few weeks, like just ready to go. Um, but even just having all these conversations and everything else I've got going on in my business, you know, people who are busy seem to find time to get more stuff in uh, versus, you know, someone who isn't busy and they're, they're just focused on doing one thing because it only benefits them. Right. So it, it, this whole thing, just to, to end on this, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on it, but it, it's all just based on is someone willing to be a giver or are, are they so stuck on what they have that they're not ready to receive what they could have? I think you nailed it. And, you know, back to the mentoring conversation, you were, you were talking about, <laughs> I actually heard somebody say this at one point in time, if you really want to get something done and you want to get it right, find the busiest person that's on your chamber board or whatever and ask them to do it because they'll get it done. The people that are like, you know, not busy, they're, they're going to, oh, I was too busy and this and that. But here's the, this is the thing that I wanted to point out. Energy, flow, exchange, giving, it works both ways. We were talking about mentoring and connecting the dots, but also why do busy people like Jordy Clark seem to get more and more done? I've been asked this so many times, like you have so many things going on, like, you know, how do you have time to take 15 minutes for a phone call or, you know, to spend time with your family or whatever? How? It's the same thing. It's an energy transaction. It's bringing the right people into your world and you can give up, you know, you can mentor for free. You can, you can give every way, but if you've got your energy aligned right, People want to help you, including employees. How many times have you heard the conversation? Like, it's so hard to find good employees and I can't keep help. And I have employees that have been with me through COVID. We have the same employees. Not that, you know, we have property managers and stuff to turn over, but it's the same thing everywhere. People align around you if your energy's right and you live in that abundance mentality that you were talking about. If you just live in that um, zone of, you know, how can we just give more and create more and be abundance minded? People are going to go out of their way to be good to you. And that's not just, you know, mentors and investors and everything. It's employees, it's business partners, it's vendors. It's everyone. Yeah. Man. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. So knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently on your journey? (sighs) God, Jordy, I've made so many mistakes, you know? I mean, we always talk about the wins. Um, but I don't know that I would have done a lot differently. Um, let me think, let me see if there's something that I, you know, specifically would have done differently. 
Um, I've made a ton of mistakes, but I learned so much from, from every one of them. You know, um, I almost, there was a period of time in 07 where we were just growing like crazy. I mean, we were pushing a hundred employees and, you know, I, there was a, a guy that I had known for years that was a, a he was a, a foreman at a big mining company that we worked for. And we'd been trying to recruit him for a while. And he finally made the decision to come to work for us. And then like three months later, the economy starts tanking and one of the gold mines went broke. And I ended up having to lay off 35 people right before Christmas, including him. And I had taken him from this job of 22 years. And, but see, the thing is, is like, I don't know that I would have done it any different because I, I, I wouldn't have known that was coming. And so there, there's a lot of things where I made mistakes. And, you know, I, I was a hellion when I was an early boss because I was stressed out. I didn't have, you know, the, the experience that I've had. I wasn't as emotionally, but again, what could have I done different? I wasn't the human then that I am now. And that only comes through pain and suffering and making mistakes and, and screaming and yelling and, you know, losing good people because literally I'm an asshole. Um, could you do that any different? I don't, I don't know that I would have learned the lesson. So there was a couple of times that honestly, like I got out of balance again. And, you know, one time, one time I, we were really busy. We had a lot of jobs going on and I ended up leaving a vacation short and my family, when they were driving home, ended up in a car accident. They rolled, I don't know if we've talked about this, but they rolled three times going 85 miles an hour. I wouldn't, those are the kind of things that, you know, I wouldn't have done that again because there wasn't a lesson that I learned from that other than the lesson I already knew. And that's, you know, don't put your business before family. So those are the kind of things that, that I would, um, I don't, I don't, those are the things that I would do different, but most of the, most of the things that I did wrong were really life lessons. So I might, I might go further faster. I might invest in mentors more. I, I have invested a lot and I did it early, but in hindsight, I might've gotten more aggressive. And that's kind of scary information because I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure anybody should get too aggressive, but. Well, no, I, I think that's good advice, right? Because as you look back on your journey, it's, it was perfect that you said you wouldn't really change anything because it made you who you are today. You learned lessons. And, and that's who you are. Like you, you take life experiences and you, you know, you go, oh, that's interesting. Um, and you don't necessarily dwell on it. You learn from it and move on. Um, yet like, dude, it, it, like we said at the beginning, it all comes back to family, right? Mm -hmm. So just that and growing fast, like a lot of the times I think we just don't give, and you've, you've coached me on this a little bit. Like we look at our blooper reels. Cause we see everything we do and, and we compare it to somebody else's highlight reels. And yet we don't realize, you know, like how amazing we may be. Right. So, um, even though we're all imperfect, we're all in this journey together, you know, whether it's just the journey called life. So man, that's awesome. Great wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Well, with that, we will, uh, let you go. Thank you for your time. You're a very generous man. I appreciate everything you've done for us and we'll see you on the next episode. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks for having me. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.